Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers podcast, episode 70. This week we sit down and talk to John Oliva of Arturo Fuente and J.C. Newman Cigars. Everybody sit down and get comfortable. Show is about to begin. Officially launched our YouTube video. Let's start there. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I wait on the music to stop. And how? And how did? Fifteen at last count. It just started. I mean, today's the first day. Today's the last. Uh, for, yeah, the last day. Today's the, the last day? day. Today's the last day. Today's the last day. And then we're gonna it's shut it so down. Well, we're just turning it off now. That's fantastic. I'm proud of you. Uh, we have gained one more follower, or what is it, subscriber on YouTube. And the funny part is that no, it's you, you lost a few minutes at the end of that, that last video. Uh, yeah, we had a slight technical problem. And now we have, uh, now we has, have a, a little, little bit of a different layout today. Uh, because we have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. Yeah, we have a guest. Uh, Mr. John Oliva of Arturo Fuente. And J.C. Newman. And J.C. Newman. Yeah, got to include that one. Yeah. Thanks Get for having me. Get a little closer to the microphone, John. Yes, sir. Thank you. You can move it back to you if you need to. All right. He's like the fucking Gestapo of the uh, of the podcast That's industry. That's why I wear the headphones. <laughs> you know, I hear. So come closer. See Want to put out a quality product. Mm-hmm. Everything. We're trying. We're uh, getting there. Nice, nice gulp there. On the uh, oh, oh, sorry. Gulp, man. Pressure. John, on the microphone. You have to like be have it hey, in your mouth. On it. You have to yell at the poor guy. I mean. <laughs> Here, make your life a little easier. I want people to be able to hear him. Such a lovely voice. He's a big fan of the. You're a big fan of the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were listening uh, down in Esteli recently. Yes, I was. Definitely was a spotty, you know, service down there. But right. Yeah. Yeah. Long well, bus well, ride. You gave the deal. You gave Palmer an erection when when he said that you were down there listening it's like to it. Like they're playing it in the J.C. You know? Newman bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, spent a lot of time on the road, of course, and uh, you know, enjoy you guys. You're one of my favorite stops, and a good group of guys. And yeah, it's a. Plenty of time to listen to that stuff. So thanks, man. You guys are doing a great job with it too. That's what it's for. We make it for the industry people. It's right. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of blanketing. Lord, Lord knows nobody else wants to. I listen. think that it's also kind of like a sneak peek. You know, it's not as the. It's not your standard fucking. So tell me about this great cigar. Wow, man! You gotta call them. They they do creative stuff too. No. Come We're on, being they're the only one that's ranked higher than us on Podbean. So you see them as competition. We're after them. We have no competition. We're after. Them. We're in a league of our own. We're after them. There's no crying in podcast. So, all right. So, um, you kind of came out of nowhere into the cigar industry, huh? Yeah, yeah. To an extent, um, been around uh, cigars for a long time mm-hmm. uh, for a couple different reasons, but. Uh, but yeah, I've been around, been around both families for quite some time on the uh, personal side. <clears throat> Go ahead and throw that out there. Everyone always does the whole Oliva thing, Oliva right. working for Fuente and Newman. Right. Um, Every time you walk in the shop, I always say, it's John Oliva of our Trio Fuente. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, really my family's is. been in Tampa for years, longtime Tampa family. Right. And uh, cousins of mine own the Oliva Tobacco Company. Okay. So for the listeners out there, not Oliva Cigars. Oliva Tobacco that's been around since 1934. Right. Uh, they've done business for a very long time now with the two companies that I represent, Fuente and Newman, along with most everybody else in the industry. Okay. Now, what did you do before you were into the industry? Well, at least on this side of the industry. Well, yeah, basically uh, got out there in the workforce pretty young. Right. Uh, actually even moved out of uh, home before I even graduated. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, was always mechanically inclined, my brother and I, and uh, actually got into the automobile service industry at, at car dealerships, luxury dealerships. Nice. So uh, for the per- first uh, seven years or so, I was a uh, technician. Yeah. You know, engines, electrical issues, things like that, and then progressed into uh, front office type things and, and management. So uh, did that for 25 years, right. brands like Mercedes, BMW, Infinity, things like that. Which actually kind of reminds me that when, when I did the advice from the hustler as far as smoking in, if you were to hypothetically smoke in rental cars. Only hypothetically. Yeah. Now, you had, a, you had a response for that, uh, another tweaking as far as another way to kind of uh, circumvent the smoke smell in the cigar or in the car, right? Definitely. Definitely. It's... Uh, 
it's something that we all battle with. If you love cigars, you know, riding with the windows down sucks in the summer. Right. But, uh, yeah, your AC. Um, most cars these days have a filter. Right. But anytime you run your air conditioning on recirculate, it recycles the air from inside the car. Right. And pretty much without fail, no matter what you drive, when it's on recirc, it's pulling the air from the passenger front floorboard. So, um, and this is actually something we did in the industry as well in right. between filter it's a, changes. It's a trick. Yeah, just uh, run your AC on max, open up all the vents, put it on recirc, and get under that passenger front dashboard area and spray. They make chemicals that are made for it, but Lysol uh -huh. will work. And just spray, you know, 20, 30 seconds just up in there and just let it come out of the vents. It. Just douse it. And it'll, it'll do a good job of taking care of it. And you get that clean linen smell. Yeah, pretty much. That's fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, that that'll help some people out there. All right, so you start off as a you're in the auto industry, and then and then what happened? Just uh, in the auto industry, my whole life, um, been smoking cigars pretty much my whole adult life. Probably got into it pretty seriously in my early twenties. Right. Um, and just actually, uh, just like everybody else, going to stores and buying cigars, and uh, probably, geez, probably about nineteen years ago now, I met. A good friend of all of ours, right. Mike McKinney. Yes. Um, Another big fan of the show. Yep, yeah. yep. He listens all the time. He also wanted me to throw in there, he is glad that you guys didn't have this going on because <laughs> he said he has a face for radio. That's what he told me to say. He, his podcast was pretty good. It went for a good uh, good period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some big shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I was actually just buying uh, cigars at a, at a local shop that I used to frequent near where I lived. And... Happened to run in on a night that they were doing an event. Talked to Mike, didn't know him from anybody, and uh, when we introduced each other, he recognized the last name. Right. And uh, he was the only one that got it right on the first try. Not Oliva cigars, right. but uh, you know, the Apparently right Olivas, as we like to say. Drains the battery in the phone like crazy. He, How many phones gonna go off? He knows his shit. But uh, but yeah, so uh, pretty much uh, we just kind of hit it off. You know, he obviously knew my family from being in the industry, and. Right. Uh, very proud to say that uh, he's been a, a very, very dear friend. You know, I've watched his daughter grow up. He's, we've been to each other's house numerous times. Right. And uh, just kind of, you know, I'd like to think for at least like the last 19 years or so, kind of grew up together. Yeah. So. Um, That's cool. Yeah, made that connection with him and just started going to a lot of events and seeing him there. And then kind of, you know, got to know the Fuentes and the Newmans, you know, pretty well over the years. So, um you, know, you guys know Mike. He's uh, we'll probably refer to him a lot because it's a common you know personality right. we know. But uh, you know when this whole thing came up a year ago, he told me uh, he goes, "You've been interviewing for this job for 20 years. You just didn't know it." Right. So uh, that makes sense. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. He's a good guy for Definitely. sure. Are you good now? Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. Because I mean, oh, you know, we're over here on the podcast. You guys just keep talking. Well, welcome back. Sure, You're supposed sure the show to be the pro, man. Running. Get it together. I mean, he's he's, he's moved sure his chair like four fucking times at this point. He's gotten up, gotten just, a charger. Just smack into the microphone again. He's Michael. just so unprepared. Maybe drink something. No, I didn't know he kills a phone at first. Last time it didn't kill a phone. Wow. Nice. Mm. Mm. I don't think I need the phone to go off, and then we stabbed up video. What what kills the phone? The camera? Evidently. Yes. Okay. Well, I just wanted to get that clear for our listeners. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we can view the uh, feed on the phone. Yes. So I know everybody looks nice and thin because we had problems last week. <laughs> um, all right, well, you covered what you did before. Hidden um, well, uh, he's into guns, too. He used to have a small uh, a gun company. Not a gun company. It's actually uh, a couple of years ago, um, my uh, girlfriend did something really nice for me. She's, she knows that a lifelong passion of mine is guns and uh -huh. hunting and that kind of a thing. And she actually signed me up to go get uh, certified by the NRA to be an, an instructor. So was starting to kind of get all that together when uh, when this started happening last oh, year. Gotcha. So um, and then McKinney came and fucking snatched you. It, yeah, yeah. Or just you know he kind of kicked me in the tail to uh, throw my hat in the ring because it was something that I wasn't even considering doing. Right. Um, he and I used to always joke. You know, uh, you know about being in the industry, and I said, "Man, I, I can't. There's only one issue. You know, I wouldn't work for any two companies other than the one that you work right, for. I'd be so replacing you. You got to keel over, which I don't want you to do, or you got to, you know, move, move on. up. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm into the gun thing. Um, started doing a little bit of that. Uh, been an avid hunter since I was, you know, like 12, 13 years old. Um, used to do a little bit of competitive shooting uh, with handguns a bunch of years ago, just on like a local club level, nothing you yeah. know, professional or anything. 
and uh, you know, big proponent of obviously the Second Amendment, and just thought that by training some people, it might be a nice way to at least ensure that not everybody who runs through the pretty basic the program CWP out there. program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Try to try to put some quality uh, quality training out there to help to help the uh, gun community. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but. Um, but no, that's one of the things, uh, the outdoors and the hunting, uh, that's one of the interests that I share with uh, one of my cousins at Oliva Tobacco, John Jr. or Johnny Doe, as a lot of people know him. Um, Oliva Tobacco grew uh, shade tobacco in the panhandle of Florida for many, many years, ending at around the mid-70s. Um, actually, my father, when he was in high school, he used to go to Quincy during the summers mm -hmm. with John Ito's father and actually oversee the uh, curing barns. They were doing a lot of candela up there then, too. So, Because um, it was faster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tobacco has uh, always been somewhere in my life up until last year. It was just, you know, uh, pure enjoyment. And now the, the hobby has, has become, the, have come, become the career. So you almost started off like a gun training program? Um, not a program, but basically it was going to be like a side business. I right. was going to do in addition to, to doing what I did in the automotive industry. But uh, it's had to take a back seat. Um, we're actually talking with a few people in the uh, in the Fuente offices. There's a few people that want to get their permit. Oh, wow. So uh, might do a little private course for some of them. That's but, cool. Uh, but, yeah, wow. hopefully as, as uh, I kind of settle into the role and, and learn to kind of set some time aside and, right. and turn the weekday thing off, would like to try to do a little bit more of that again, but uh, right now it's pretty much limited to my personal time. Uh, we were actually up at the, uh, meant to say the family that owns a tobacco company, actually hung on to the farm up there. So Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, John, right. John Jr.'s got uh, pretty much a sportsman's paradise up there. So, uh, you know, during deer season, that's what goes on up there. But, oh, wow. uh it's nice to have that year-round. We went a few weeks ago because he took a trip recently to New Zealand for a hunting trip. And uh, he and Joe, which is the CFO for Oliva Tobacco, they had to uh, sight in some rifles before the trip, that kind of thing. Oh. So I met those guys up there. We hung out for the weekend. And then uh, in addition to deer hunting, I do a lot of uh, nighttime uh, predator hunting, so like coyotes and bobcats. I was going to ask you about like that. that. I remember when you were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, got a few toys for that. You know, we use night vision and thermal scopes, which is so not, know, heat seeking type stuff. Not the alien predator. No, no, no. But if you saw that guy out there, uh, <laughs> he'd shoot him too. I would, we'd give it a go. I, I think we all know how that would end. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, that's, that's a big part of, that's cool. you know, my enjoyment, the things that I do in my leisure. Mr. Time. Palmer hunts predators at night too, but usually they're at the bar. I was, I was going to say. What was that? What? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, he's, yeah he's, 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 he's out there a lot of places. Yeah. You follow him around. If you don't get to get out and have some fun on the weekend, yeah. you can live vicariously through that the guy. The president. I got to keep busy. Mr. Press. got to keep busy. He likes to like throw a bunch of jabs at me throughout the week. Um via Facebook and all these other things. So I figured I'm just going to start fucking hitting him back via podcast. Oh, well. Well, if you do it here, I mean, he's got to address it, right? I mean, yeah, you, know, you can't just let it roll off his shoulder. Exactly. Right? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so we got IPCPR coming up. Um, what are we? We're uh, like almost a month away, right? Yeah. And um, we were just kind of briefly talking about this shit. But what's kind of funny to me is some of these big brands and manufacturers are already releasing their deals to their to other retailers which in m my personal opinion is kind of fucked up because it's stupid but don't they always do that though yeah but it just seems like it keeps getting earlier and earlier each year oh, okay. and you know these are the same guys that are going to complain about low uh, attendance right yeah and all that other oh, shit why go to the show if you can get to special without spending the money right 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 so um i don't know where i was going with that i know <laughs> But, you know, well, we were talking upstairs a little bit about that. And uh, it's tough. You know, I've been around for a long time, been around both families, but just, you know, officially for about a year now in the industry. So I've taken full advantage of this new guy thing I got going on, you know, to throw observations out there and things like that. And, right. uh, you know, even within our companies, we announced the deals just ahead of the show. Right. But uh, what we were talking about up there, you and I, Mike, was that, uh, you know, it seems that people are trying to beat everybody else to it right and you've got to wonder where's the end going to be right you know the, the, well, you the show trying to, get, trying to get the guy's dollar before he gives it to somebody else well I, you know the crazy part is sorry i don't mean to cut you off but it, you know in all reality your first 
day that never happened you have on this show. day one and day two of the show like your day one is your biggest day right. always always so you know and then as the days kind of progress off you start to slow down and taper off you know um so obviously they're you know they're just trying to get ahead of that curve no matter what happens i'm assuming even with the bigger guys that those days they want to have a, a big day before day one you know, because well, day two, three, four are all going to be well, the same. The shop owners only have so much money to spend, so that and if plus you can the get fact the that the guy to buy yours instead of buying the other guys, then a, a lot of yeah, that is true. The other the other catch is that a lot of these motherfuckers don't have vacation because they're shop owners, right? right? So they go out, they spend on the first day, then they get fucking plastered and hammered right, for the next three, and, and then, then you know they kind of stumble in the next day and like uh, you know. Right. Little Do I have syphilis? I mean, like all these things kind of play out, you know. So um, it's hard to say if they, you know, if they even come around on the additional days, right? But like for me, you know, like the the war bear, we're gonna release it at the show, right? right? I, that's kind of a can't buy it before. No, you're not gonna be able to buy it for. If we have things, if we have product afterwards, I'll release it to the other retailers. But you know, I want to incentivize. If you have any left after the show, right? Right. Yeah. You won't have any of that. Right. Uh, God willing. I hope not. Yeah. You know? So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you guys do a pretty good job of that. Um, as well as your package deals at IBCBR always have, like, um, at least in the past, like little goodies, right? Like, if you do X, you get specific Don Carlos or, you know, um, specific Opus X. Some stuff of the fun like stuff. Yeah. 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 We, uh we try to do that, and, you know, we were talking upstairs, too, before this. Just, you know, we don't want to lose that content, so we'll, we'll bring it up. Um, you know, the show, you know, again, for a first-timer from inside the industry last year, I've been to shows before, but, uh, you know, when we go there, that's, yeah, that's the hardest we work all year long. And For know, sure. Probably for you guys, even owning a business and a brand, you yeah. know, sure, that's probably your toughest week and leading up to it. Um so you've got that sweat equity in it. You've got that financial commitment to it. Right. And, uh, you know, on the industry side, I'd like to think that most people are cognizant of that and, you know, kind of behave accordingly. Right. But you're right with retailers. You know, it, it, some of them, it may be work slash their vacation for the year. Right. But uh, That's a know, majority. But, you know, I, I think everybody owes it to themselves, you know, to, to be on their A game. And, right. And I think that those of us in the industry... Um, owe it, you know, to the to the consumer side of the industry. Uh, you know, of course, the customers that we're selling to at shops and and you know what we all do during that week shows up in in shops across the country in the in the weeks and months afterwards. And you know, that's uh, I just think it's something that everyone really should be giving their utmost attention to. Right. And uh, you know, again, rookie uh, uh, you know opinion here, but. You know, going back to just releasing deals, you know, what, we're 45 days out from the show right now? It's crazy. Um, it's just, you know, and I can understand some guys, maybe that's their, their best shot is to jump out first and right. and hope for the best. But, uh, you know, some at some point we have to support, you know, most immediately the show and right. then the organization behind it. You right. Know, that's, I'm, I'm real big on that. On the retailer side, when I would just go in as a retailer, I, you know, I learned pretty quickly that... There are certain shops or sh certain brands or manufacturers that'll have fucking crazy deals, like forty percent off or whatever the case may be, fifty percent off. Normally, those brands are the ones that are fucking dead, you know. So it's funny to kind of see how some retailers can get duped into that and say, "Oh, this is a great deal," you know. But at the end of the day, you're fucking stacked on something that you can't move. Bunch of dogs, right? And you know, you blew your fucking wad. On a product that really makes you kind of look bad as a retailer, um, so I'm always kind of intrigued to see uh, who's going to jump the shark this year. Uh, you know, it happens every year. So you got the biggest deal. Yeah, normally when the deal is through the fucking roof, right? You're dead. Who was it last year? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head who the one was last year. Um, you know, and the reason why that is because I've kind of pulled away. On, yeah, on a retail level, the show because of the fact that I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm in, yeah, I'm in the Roma yeah. booth. I mean, I've been in the Roma booth for, I don't know, eight years, just because I've always been helping them out. Right. Uh, but now, as a as a brand owner, I've been there for, I think three or four years, something like that. I don't know. Who keeps track of these things? I just count the grays on the side of my head, and then I realize I'm getting fucking old. Yeah. You know. Um. All right. So, 
so yeah, IBCPR. Here comes the fucking chaos. Yeah. Can't can't wait. Um, I'm gonna do my best to take my gym regimen, which is, should be interesting. At the show? Oh yeah, I, I've done oh, it before. Know. I've definitely done it before. You just have to get up earlier. Yeah, but the beautiful part about it now is at least if you stay at the Palazzo, uh, it's in the sands. So like last year when I worked out, it sucked. Because you worked out and then you had to get in a car, you know, get ready, get oh, in a yeah. car, and then go yeah, all the fucking way over right, to right. Slapdick Vegas Convention Center where shit got stolen. I ever tell you that story? Yeah, the big speakers going. Yeah, in. my speaker got jacked from the booth. Fucking awesome. I think uh, Charlie lost a fucking drone. Oh yeah, I did hear about that. In a locked office. Right. Nice. Good old nice. Uh, Las Vegas Convention Center. Jeez. So kudos to Las Vegas Convention Center. And my hats off to you. you know, obviously, listen to the podcast. I always hear you guys. That's great that you found a way to uh, stay on your gym routine. Yeah, man. You know, I was never uh, huge in the gym, but always did something very regimented. And this job, I mean, that that shit's just it's, out the window. It's right impossible now. sometimes. You know, I think I might go back to the basics, and uh, you know, you can do push-ups anywhere. And, yeah. Uh, you know, just got to start doing a little something again. For but, sure. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, when we went on the road la- last time, um, I think I pissed off Palmer. I really did because, like, you know. Really. Yeah. When you pissed me off. Went out. You know, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go work out. So I'd work out, and then we would go, and you could tell that he was well, just like. Well, you just you didn't want me to eat until you were able to go eat. I mean, I could have just eaten and watched TV while you're working out. You join me in the workout sesh. No, oh, I'm too old. Things hurt. Uh, There's damage <laughs> on different parts of my body. Ugh, it's terrible. I'm a mess. So to kind of jump off subject, I want to uh, talk about um, my left lane hustle. Like uh, we've, I've had this conversation with Nick Melillo. Left lane. Yeah. So like, when I ever I drive on 95 and shit, yeah. I'm the fucking guy that's doing just 10 over, sitting all the way in the left lane, smoking the cigar, and I make everybody fucking drive Is this around a, me. Not my exit. So. No, that's a totally different strategy. Oh, oh, okay. This All is right. not my exit. So that's my you know, exit. this is me just not giving a fuck. Oh. So um, I was driving down on Deltona Boulevard, and it's a fucking cop trap, right? Oh, I know where you're going. Okay. And um, I'm doing, doing 35 miles an hour, right? Which and, is the posted speed limit. Right, which you don't want to go over it because... There's, there's more than one sign that tells you how fast you're going now. Right. And where is this at? Right, just so right down road, this road. Right this road right here. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about where you get off on the highway... And then come up to the shop. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I get off and I'm driving down the road. I'm doing 35. I'm smoking my cigar. Life is good. I got no complaints. You know. Uh, and this guy it's gets 12:30, o'clock. He's heading into. Work. <laughs> this guy gets right on my ass, and uh, I'm like, whatever, dude. It's a one lane road, you know. So um, this dude gets right on my ass. Gets so pissed off, he speeds off into solid, hits it, and then goes. As he goes down, like, not even. 100 feet, there's a pickup truck, like a brand new gray pickup truck, lights up. Blue and red lights. Pulls this guy over. They've all got those new trucks. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. And so as the guy's getting pulled over in the plaza, he's flicking me off. I'm like, dude, it's not my fault. You're a fucking idiot. You were trying to help him out. Yeah, just go the speed limit. Go the speed limit. You won't get a ticket. So if you're ever in in Orlando and, you know, there's some asshole on on I-4 and He's just doing 10 over the speed limit in left lane. That's me, just for the record. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. I love that story. That makes me happy that I really pissed that guy off. It does, because that was over a week ago. Yeah. Still to well, just been, an affirmation that you were doing it right. You know? Yeah. You know the deal. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just an sure. affirmation, Michael. That's very nice. Hey, filled time. So you want to do you want to do this skit? You want to do the skit now? You ready? Jesus skit? Christ! Okay, so this we gotta, is. We gotta do wait, that. I, I just right, like two trips on, recently. On the, oh yeah, he did two trips to DR Nicaragua. I will update on the car. On my car. Okay, tell right. us. Tell right. us about the that, car. That fifteen dollar part that I ordered from uh, Amazon. It was a trick. It doesn't fit. It's mm-hmm. the wrong piece. So now to send it back, I have to send the guys photos of why it doesn't fit. Nice. Yes. They, th- they said, send us a photo of why it doesn't fit. We can help you get it in. It's some Chinese guy. So I'm going to take oh, a picture. It's your people. It's about twice the size of the one that I need. Really? Yes. When we got, when uh, uh, Drew and I got the old one out, there's a section of it missing. I mean, there's another piece that was still on the inside that we didn't know that, that had come off, too. Right. So there's a piece about that big 
in the middle of the plastic thing that's missing. I told you what to do with your fucking car. <laughs> Just leave it on the curb for the dumpster to so, fucking throw it away. Well, so I ended up going to uh, Discount Auto Parts, and they ordered me the part, though. Oh, that's A little good. more than $15. They called the same dude. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, how much but was it? 50 bucks? Yeah, it was 50 bucks. Nice. But I can return it if it doesn't fit, though. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, they'll break it down so. for you. We'll, we'll walk you through it. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about your trips? Yeah, yeah, okay. we can definitely do that. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of weird that you went to. Well, I guess J.C. Newman's in. It's so nice when the guest throws out, "Hey, I took a couple hey, of trips. I got some shit to talk about here." here. Like, go south no, no, road. calm down, calm down. Let's talk <laughs> about. Down, we're, let's we're talk, talking about us. We're, we're talking about our car shit. <laughs> so I'm yeah, worried about that skit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me too. <laughs> me too. This was a little harder to come up. He with. doesn't even fucking prepare us. Like I've never, I don't even know That's what we're so talking good. about. You've got to turn the tables one day, man. You, you and just flip it on him. Every he's, time. See, the only thing is, he's not that creative. He's got the headphones. Ouch. He's got the not script. Creative. You know, no advance notice. Right. First of all, not that creative. Look at, I created this shit. You did. Yeah. You told me one day, hey, let's do a podcast. Boom. And that was it. <laughs> fucking created. Make it happen, Palmer. Exactly. Yeah. Now, see what you can do with that, Palmer. Go ahead. <laughs> Take that and run with it. Nice. My son wants that war machine, by the way. Bring in the Captain America. I'll bring in the Captain America. Fucker. Negotiations. I meant, I meant to work that out with your wife when she was here. But I Ruthless. Because your wife will bring it in. If I give it to you, never seeing Captain America. Uh, you're probably right. Jeez. Okay, so you went to Esteli. <laughs> Esteli. <laughs> and the DR before that. Okay. Um, so did uh, got to go see the Fuente operations in, in late March. Um Really looked forward to that. Like I said, been a cigar smoker my whole life. Um, my grandparents on my father's side were in the tobacco industry their whole lives. My grandmother was a roller um, for a few different no companies shit. throughout the years. Yep, she worked for Fuente, rolled Perfectos. Um, and uh, that's kind of just a, a neat little quick story there. Um, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really know what you have around you as far as heritage and history and that kind of thing. But, right. Uh, you know, as I became, uh, you know, an adult, and especially once I got into cigars, you know, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. You know, my grandmother rolled cigars forever, and uh, my grandfather always worked tobacco for, you know, all the major people in Tampa. Uh, the last place he worked for was uh, Villazon back no in shit. the day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, coincidentally, uh, they were in the same building that now Oliva Tobacco's in. So when I really? go to see my cousins, that's where my grandfather worked, you know, his last job full-time uh, working tobacco. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my grandmother uh, rolled her whole life, um, you know, up until towards the end, obviously when the hand-rolling in Tampa kind of ceased. Um, but she was working for Fuente, and uh, I remember hearing the story, you know, a long time ago, when Fuente made the decision to go offshore over to the DR, uh, you know, according to my father, you know, they asked if she wanted to go over there with him and be one of the first ones to go down. But, uh, you know, she had, you know, three kids obviously were adults and grandkids. And right. I guess just it wasn't a good fit for her. It's not, not like you could FaceTime would, back yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. It didn't work that well. The, the rotary phone and yeah, uh, right. trying to figure out those international calling yeah. codes. But, $75 uh, later. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. But, uh, but yeah, you know, and um, didn't know much about, you know, details about what she did other than she rolled cigars. But once I got into them, had a real neat opportunity that uh, for me now, especially with what I do for a living, is just a, an awesome memory. Um, just like all of us, she probably got a couple of cigars and ended up with a cracked wrapper or something like that. And mm -hmm. I was hanging on to those back then. I don't know why. But uh, I'm glad I did. A uh, couple of them were Fuente Hemingways, so the Perfectos. That, no that's kidding. how I found out wow. she actually rolled those, which are not easy to roll. Right. Um, yeah, and had, had some cracked cigars and, you know, started talking to my grandmother and hearing stories about her being in the industry and being a roller and just eating that shit up, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, one time I went and visited... Uh, John Ito, my cousin, over at Oliva Tobacco, and I said, hey, man, you got any tobacco here, you know, that, you know, is kind of cool or special? And he goes, you know, man, that's all we do. So he gave me a hand of this tobacco that, looking back now, was, uh, you know, some kind of super risotto they had, something really, really cool. So, uh, you know, one day my grandmother was going to visit my dad, and I drove out there and uh, told her, hey, I got tobacco, I got some cigars. I want to see what you can do, Grandma. So, nice. Uh, oh, how cool. She still had her chavetta and everything. Yeah. And uh, we, yeah, we set her up in my dad's uh, kitchen. Awesome. You put your grandmother to work. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad had one real nice. My dad's a, you know, a big-time cook. 
My dad's a big time cook. He brought his big butcher block cutting board and we set up a light for her and she sat there and unwrapped all those cigars, took that tobacco, you know, out of the hands, did what she had to do to it right. and uh, rewrapped a bunch of pretty oh, cool wow. stuff. She fixed them. She rewrapped That's them cool. with some tobacco that my cousin gave me and uh, so there were some Hemingways there. Had a decent little stash of those and uh, ended up sharing those with some buddies that, you know, I'd met actually after I met Mike that uh, were shop owners and pretty heavy-duty cigar enthusiasts. I'm like, hey, look what I got. Right. And, uh, you know, it was great tobacco on a great cigar, but I think, you know, the memory for me and, you know, the connection to it was oh, huge. Yeah. It makes a big difference. You know, it was like everybody was, like, loving the cigar. Um, and I had a few Cubans, too, that I had, you know, had from back in the day, had, you know, screwed up wrappers. So uh, I think I've got one of those cigars left that, uh, you know, I'll just never smoke and just hang right. on to. But, um, but yeah, getting back to the trips, being uh, into cigars for so long and, and knowing Carlito and Cynthia and, you know, knew Carlos Sr. a little bit, met him a few times, but he was a pretty quiet guy and right. uh, never got a chance really to, to talk, talk to him a whole lot. But knowing everything about the Fuente story and the Newmans and then, you know, of course, the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, I'd always been dying to go down there. And, uh, you know, over the years, I'd see Carlito when he was in town at events and, you know, a few times was like, you know, hey, what the heck's going the on there? We're getting oh, that's a shop, too. <laughs> but uh, it was like, hey, come on down one of these days. And it's, you know, you just don't pick up the phone and make that happen. And, you know, life's in the way and it's, you know, busy. So uh, had a lot of pent up excitement and interest in getting down there. And now, especially, of course, working for the families. So uh, got to go check out the Fuente operations, saw everything. Right. Um, including Chateau de la Fuente, which another little fact that my, everybody might not know is the Fuentes bought that farm from my cousins. That was an Oliva property. No kidding. And, wow. and whenever uh, Carlito decided he wanted to pursue that project, they've had a... I feel like your cousins fucked you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, they own all this shit. They own all this stuff. And, it's like, you, you could have just too. slid in at a VP somewhere or somewhere. something, you know? Well, like, that, that's the thing. There's there's not a lot to do within that organization unless you want to go, you know, work on a farm somewhere. Right. You know, there's no sales force or anything like that. So, right. Uh, so, yeah. They could have just, just sent you a check. I mean, they could have put you on the board and just the, sent you a check. They charge a predator control at yeah. the... Farmers, of it. yeah, that's it. You know, kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you sit up in a tower with your sniper rifle. Yeah. And yeah. My, my ping yeah. off rabbits. Might be a little different down there, <laughs> yeah. but slightly. Uh, yeah, but bigger uh, rabbits. But yeah, so to get down there finally and see the whole operation uh, was pretty uh, was pretty nice because I got to see the farm, got to see the Fuente factory, which is Disney World. You know, there's no other way to put it. There's, I've only seen two factories now, and uh, but I've seen a lot of pictures of others, yeah. and uh, you know, I don't think. Anyone does it like Fuente, hence the whole How did the Fuente cigars thing. come out that you rolled? I saw you were down there rolling some. They look good. Did they? They're wet. You know, they're, they're still wet. You yeah. know, I'll probably burn one or two of them just to kind of see, right. you know, how they came out. But, right. Uh, but yeah, I got to roll some cigars at the Newman's factory in Esteli. But, uh, but yeah, the Dominican was great. Um, seeing, you know, where everything comes from and, and just seeing that. You know, truly everything that Fuente does, they're vertically integrated. You know, they've, I don't think they necessarily ever wanted to be that way, but, you Just know, as you happens. guys know, owning businesses, you know, relying on other people and, and yeah. the issues within other organizations will affect you. Very true. And, right. uh, you know, they have the, uh, number one, the dedication, and then, of course, you know, the resources and the uh, determination. You know, they, they do everything. You know, from Cello, it's all the box factory, you know, all the boxes we make ourselves down there. Um, but just to see how it all comes together, it's, uh, you know, extremely impressive. So from a technical side and a cigar guy and a cigar salesman, you know, that was, you know, great in its own, very educational. Right. But uh, probably the best part of the trip to the Dominican was seeing the uh, Cigar Family Charitable Foundation complex, which... For the listeners that might not know, the Fuentes and the Newmans back in 2001, um, after operating in the Dominican for a while and seeing what was going on in the communities, they just had this urge and this calling, and you know they feel it was a responsibility to give something back. So um, since that time, 
they've been operating the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. Um, the nice thing about that is anytime someone goes to an event or buys those toast packs that they put out every year with the two cigars in it, mm -hmm. every dime of any money that comes into that charity goes straight to help those kids down there. That's awesome. Um, all of the expenses, and there's a lot of them, uh, those are underwritten 100% by the Fuente and Newman families. So when you buy a toast pack for 50 bucks, that 50 bucks goes straight to making something happen. You know, no one's drawing a Very salary. Nice. We don't pay a marketing company or or a management company or anything like that. Right. But uh, going down there and just seeing that, you know, because when you go to the farm, as you're coming up to it, you know it's getting close. They're telling you, hey, you know, it's a little while longer. Dad, right. are we there yet? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And, and you see what's going on in the community, and then, you know, you, you pull up to Chateau de la Fuente, and it's, you know, it's like someone pulled the curtain back, and you're not even in the same place anymore. Right. But um, they're doing great things down there. They started off by wanting to add a wing to an existing school there and give the people a clinic, you know, for the kids down there. And then, you know, that grew, and then, you know, they, they're taking the kids a little further through the education, and then... The kids are graduating the program, but they're not happy. They're sad. And, you know, Carlito and Eric Newman, uh, you know, start looking into, you know, what's what's going on? This is supposed to be a good thing. Well, you know, they're going right back to what they came from. Right. You know, there's we take for granted here. I mean, if you do your part and uh, show up, you know, you can get an education in this country, at least up to high school. How about the fact that you can fucking eat here without yeah. a problem? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, for the and, and, and have, have the clean, doctor and have clean to. water. And, yeah. But uh, unless you live in Michigan. Then you can't have clean water. No clean water. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, so it, it grew over time. And, uh, you know, not to mention, you know, in, in areas like that, the villages, it's almost like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's different, you know, clans, like different families, things like that. And, you know, there's stories down there where, you know, when they were first getting going and bringing the kids in the area together, you know, to go to school, you know, kids bringing knives, seven, eight-year-olds. You know, you, you've got kids, Mike. You right. know, imagine bringing a knife to school and... You know, yeah, it's kind of frowned upon. Because well, they're, they're you told, kids, you know, if you, you see someone from the other area, you know, yeah. you're supposed to, you know, attack them. them. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. So, so they had to overcome a lot of that. So the education went from not only the uh, children and helping them, but, but kind of working with, you know, the, the household unit. Right. So, you know, you got a kid who's getting the best education he's ever gotten, but he goes home with homework and, you know, the parents can't read or, or they don't understand math, you know, so... Um, they've really done an awful lot. Um, it's actually progressed. They can go all the way through high school there. Um, it's been around enough now that uh, there's several uh, kids from the, those villages that are full-blown doctors now. No shit. Um, there's wow. one that's working on uh, neurosurgeon stuff now. That's pretty um, impressive. We were in the uh, teacher's lounge there at the complex, and the group of ladies that were in there, that were, they were teachers. And, you know, They told us that every one of them had gone through the program as kids, went and got their teacher certificate and came back, and now, you know, they're giving back to the community. So it's kind of, it's broken that 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 chain or that endless cycle. Right. And uh, it's just really, really neat to see that. They're working on a technical school down there. There's a room. They had, you know, probably 20, 30 computers in there, and the kids are drawing and playing around on computers in, you know, this remote mountainous area in the Dominican. So... The cigars were great. It's awesome. You know, I need that for my daily life. Right. But uh, I think that just kind of reaffirmed to me, you know, the caliber of people that I'm working for because, you know, they don't have to do that. They, yeah. You know, that running that alone uh, can suck up a lot of time and resources. And, you know, they still got to find a way to make, uh, you know, almost 35 million cigars on the Fuente side and just down in the... Uh, in Nicaragua, on the Newman side, you know they're they're doing you know about twenty five million or so a year. Damn. Wow. So 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 uh, I mean I, I think I already know the answer here, but which part of the trip did you like better? Did you like DR or did you like Esteli? They were both great in their in their own right. You know, we just I just started with the Dominican because that was the first one I went to. Mm -hmm. Just got back from Esteli last week. Um, they were both great. The uh, Newman's operation in Esteli, uh, which you up until recently was. Uh, was known as Pensa. You know, now they actually call it the J.C. Newman Cigar Factory down there. Right. It's um, very well run. The big takeaway I had from there was the uh, efficiency 
it's it's laid out nicely because they built that one from the ground up. Right. You know, Fuente over time as they've grown, they've added on and added on and added on and a lot of people saw in Cigar Aficionado, I'm sure, you know, the latest incarnation where it looks like you're walking into the Columbia restaurant. But the Newmans, you know, they were actually able to design that place for efficiency and do it from the ground up. Right. Um, the people there uh, have a lot of pride in the work that they do. That was my big takeaway. Of course. They're, they're pretty uh, grateful and, you know, appreciative, and, and they understand that what they do daily, you know, affects the company and, and the enjoyment of the cigars by the end user. So didn't enjoy one over the other. Um, they're definitely, uh, you know, both great. They're just, they are, they're different. This All right, different. So, so McKinney comes up to you and says, hey, <laughs> We're going we're gonna to go. We're either going to go to Esteli or DR. We can only go to one. Where are we going for the weekend? Which one do you pick? Man, you're not going to get me with that, man. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be, hopefully I'm with the company a long time. Right. But uh, each one's a little, just, it's just a little bit different. I'd say the Newman side's a little more technical. Right. It's more about the cigars. Um, the Dominican probably has a little bit more going on yeah. as far as you know enjoying your so you go the, time you, and things you, like that. You do DR. I, I'd like to do both. <laughs> He'd definitely do DR. DR. It would be DR. <laughs> There's a lot more going on in the Dominican Republic than there is Esteli Nicaragua. Wait, you've you've been to both, right? You've been. To uh, DR? I haven't been to like the DR aspect of the factories or anything like that. I've only been to down there for like a honeymoon type scenario. But like you know, um, honeymoon scenario, actual honeymoon. <laughs> Um, your wife finds out right. she went down there. <laughs> she went with me. Oh, um, she was part of the scenario. And I know for a fact that there's a lot more stuff in, in the Dominican than there is the, the SLE. Oh yeah, you know I'm a big uh, ocean, you know, beach kind of guy. So yeah, if you were going to go hang out for a weekend, you have probably a little bit more to to do in the Dominican as far as that goes. So I do the DR. Dominican, Dominican. <laughs> All right. So, so Mike, so, you have a next trip. John would like to go to the Dominican. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys had Just to choose, so you know, he has to choose um, which one? Because we know Mike's listening. The, now the Fuente, there was going to be a fe- Fuente factory in Esteli. Uh, they were talking about that a couple of years ago, and then we had this kind of political upheaval and all this bullshit going on in Nicaragua. So is that totally botched now, or is it still in the no, works? No, um, they've kind of put any progress on that on hold. Um, you know, because I listen to the podcast and I listen to Mike's, I know he, he told the audience that uh, Fuente's been growing down there for a few years. Mm-hmm. Felix Mesa, who handles, uh, who has his El Galan brand and owns a shop down in Miami, uh, Carlito kind of tapped him to run that operation down there. They're very actively farming and, and that kind of a thing. But as far as a factory, for right now, those plans have been put on hold. But um, it was pretty cool. On the Dominican trip, one of the places we went to was Villa Gonzalez, where we had to store all the tobacco. And uh, it was pretty cool to go in there and see on the shelves. They've got a lot of tobacco from, from uh, Buen Vecino, which is the name of the Fuente Farm in Esteli. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do their thing. It's... Uh, you know, that was my first trip to Nicaragua, so I was talking with uh, Rich Dolak, which is the VP of operations for uh, Newman, and he's also heavily involved with Fuente. And, uh, you know, we would just be, you know, we're at the hotel the first night, um, eating dinner, only people in there. Um, next night, walked to, uh, what is it, Palazzo? You're in the Palazzo? Nice Where? kind of uh, restaurant, past the cathedral, and you kind of go okay. up a little bit. Yeah. We went there the second night, only people eating in there. Eventually, we saw another party come in, and I just asked, you know, is this the norm? And Rich was like, no, it's still, you know. Fucked up. Yeah, well, you know, we felt pretty safe down there, you right. know, because of, you know, the hobbies we talked about earlier and all that. I'm, you know, I, I look at security, and I'm, I'm an aware guy, and right. got to be situationally aware. And, uh, but, you know, I never felt unsafe. Right. But it just kind of seemed like there wasn't a whole lot going on, and the hotel was, for the most part, empty. Right. Where'd so, you stay at? Los Arcos? Yeah. 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 That's like there. the standard go-to. Yeah. I hear yeah. that it's either that or the Hex, and I guess the Hex is, you know, maybe uh, considered to be a little nicer, more modernized or something. But. There's a, a small place called Los Altos that's that's pretty badass, too. Really? This is a couple of rooms, but it's really nice. But, yeah, so Fuente's going to do that. Um, you know, Carlito's told told the world, and he's been interviewed, and there's been articles. You know, that's, you know, they were there once before, as many people probably know, and didn't go too well. There was a little bit of, you know, unrest a long time ago as well. And right. They got burnout, and, uh, you know, Carlos Fuente Sr. just made a comment to Carlito that 
you know, hey, if I was 10 years younger, I'd go back. You know, it's, you know, it's a part of their history. And, you know, uh, Carlito likes to say he's like a, a chef with the cigars and we need as many ingredients and, and spices as possible. And, you know, you can't, you can't deny that, you know, Nicaragua's, you know, puts out, you know, some good tobacco. Some great tobacco, yeah. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. That's going to be a whole other chapter, and I'm excited because that's going to happen, you know, on my watch. So it'll be, it'll be nice to, to see that develop. Very nice. Okay, well, apparently our camera only records for 30 minutes at a time. I started it back up, but we lost uh, a couple of minutes there in the middle. You fucking blew it again. I didn't blow it. The thing only goes for 30 minutes, apparently. This is your <sighs> deal, Palmer. Come on. You know. Oh, he's jumping You know, as head creator, as Mr. Creativity. It's the second time we've used the camera, okay? There'll be little bumps <laughs> in the road as this goes. What are we all smoking right now, by the way? What are you smoking? Well, oh, I'm, I'm smoking, smoking. the uh, Casa Cuba, the Doble Dos, and I believe that's the one you got yeah. as well. I love uh, that cigar. I got the same too, but the little guy's up front. I have Palmer's not smoking, man. Is this is the smoking, not smoking lounge. Craig can't. Yell oh, you're not smoking on your. Craig can't yell at me during the video. Oh wow! I'm trying to hang you out again. <laughs> I'm on Greg's side apparently. So we were playing the video, and uh, Greg yelled, "He's like, stop fucking smoking in the, uh, you know, in, in down the there." And I go, "I'm smoking in my half of the room." And I did. I didn't smoke, Greg. Yeah. But yeah, this is the Casa Cuba. This is a Doble do Dos. Um, this size. I my desk over there where I smoke by the door. I'm not doing another video without you fucking smoking. All right. So big, big I've laid the gauntlet. But, uh, but yeah, Casa Cuba. Uh, this is the Doble Dos. Uh, it's a limited release uh, size. It's only been put out a couple times. Some of those special deals you were talking about that right. we do. But um, the interesting thing about that cigar for people that might not know is that's the last cigar that Carlos Fuente Sr. oversaw from beginning to end before he passed away. Right. Um, he decided to do that as a nod to the old way of doing things, how they used to deal with Cuban tobacco. The bands back then, it's still beautiful, but, you know, little understated from some of the other stuff that we put out uh, down there in the Dominican. But uh, phenomenal cigar. It's an Ecuador Havana wrapper. And... Uh, Actually, my personal favorite. Yeah. Um, don't always get to smoke the Doble Dose. They're, they're pretty limited. Um, if he likes us. If someone's looking for uh, something like that on their retailer shelf, probably the Doble Trace. Right. We've got it in four sizes, and it's all named after uh, Domino Hand, the Trace, Cuatro, Cinco, and Seis. For the uh, video splits, I'll throw in a nice little Fuente commercial. Yeah. <laughs> No, no sponsors. Yeah, no, no cigar sponsors. God damn it. Yeah. Just for the show. But, uh, and then I also Just gave you guys, um, on the J.C. Newman side of things, a Diamond Crown Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. yes, that's, those are good. That's also got an Ecuador Havana on it. Um, that's made uh, for the Newmans down uh, in the Dominican by Fuente. That was uh, originally released, that line, back in 2010. And the, uh, the likeness on that cigar band is of uh, Julius Caesar Newman who uh, started the Newman Cigar Company in 1895. Oh. He's got his uh, grandsons, Eric and Bobby Newman, running it now. His son, Stanford, ran it until he passed away. And now uh, Eric's son, Drew, is involved uh, with the company as well as general counsel and getting more involved every day as fourth generation. So nice. um, they, uh, they're very proud of the fact they're the oldest uh, Cigar company in America since 1895. And if they had cousins, I'm sure they do. They probably work for them. <laughs> they, you know, they they take care they take care of their cousins. Yeah, tell family, yeah. bring it to family. So also while I was in Nicaragua, got to go visit. You know, going back to the cousin thing, got to go to Prosenica, which uh, is is obviously uh, run by Oliva Tobacco Company. It was neat to see that. Is that where um, you took the picture outside by the sign? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Changes its did, name every. Like did you walk seven up years. and go, hey, my place? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Look yeah, at the Yeah, John Ito wasn't down there, but uh, there's a gentleman named, I'm a cousin. named Gus Cora yeah, Gus. That, uh, that basically oversees and stays down there and, and runs that for them. But yep. uh, got to go see that, which was pretty cool. I'm pretty sure you've been there as yeah, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, it was it's great. a cool operation. Yeah, got to, got to see it all, which was really, really nice. It's just not as nice as the Dominican Republic. <laughs> <laughs> there's not, you know, not near the beach, so. John's like, fuck you guys. I'm never coming on I'm this thing again. I'm done. No, you know, it's, uh, I know there's other reps out there that, that uh, represent more than one brand. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, this job's a little unique. You know, we, For uh, sure. we represent, you know, 
two of the probably most recognizable names in the industry. Right. Um, being the rep that covers Central and North Florida, which obviously Tampa is a part of that, which uh, incidentally is the home, you know, to both families. So uh, it, it's interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. During the uh, interview process for the job, uh, that was something that they brought up quite a bit. Um, you know, it's probably safe to say that there's some things that I get called upon to do that the guy out in California or up in the Northeast doesn't really have to right. mess with. But, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind is sometimes good when you're working just so you can do your job. But uh, I'm never out of sight or out of mind. Right. So, so yeah. you've, you've moved bodies is what you're saying. That's great. <laughs> Cut the grass. <laughs> no, but... Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, you're dealing with two families, you know, you go in the shops and sometimes the shop is uh, biased one way or the other. Right. And I can know, see that, you know, those, uh, you know, sometimes there's some obstacles there, but, um, you know, challenges are something I thrive on. That automotive industry that I came from is not known for being an easy industry. Um, I don't think there's anything out there that's more numbers driven and results driven um, and that's a, a 30 day cycle. You know, right. they, they count their business by the month and, uh, you know, it's, you're analyzed nine ways to Sunday. So in those 25 years, I'd like to think that I kind of, you know, was able to hone a, a good set of skills and, uh, you know, kind of a personal work ethic. Um, I hold myself to a pretty high standard, uh, try to be professional, but still have fun. You know, that's why I right. love coming places like this. You know, we can kind of break it down and, and have a little fun with it. But, uh, but yeah, no, it, two families, two different missions. Right. Um, they've been partners since the mid eighties. Uh, you know, the Fuentes, uh, didn't have the capacity or the time anymore to do their machine made stuff. So that's how Carlos senior and Stanford Newman got together. And they said, you know, Stanford, you want to do this machine-made stuff for me, and we'll do your hand-rolled. And so uh, they're they're partners. You know, it's not competitors in any kind of way, and uh, it, it's just great because I strongly feel and felt this way before I was even in the industry that uh, both families are are dedicated to the industry. They're respected. Um, there's a great family story behind each one, and you know, story's important. Right. You know, you, of course, you can, you can look on the other side and some of the conglomerates and things like that. It's um, they, those people might not have the opportunities that we do to forge relationships and partnerships. And, you know, that's, that, that's a great thing to have in my bag when I go into a shop is both sides of the house. They, they want to be partners with everybody. They truly do. Right. And, you know, business is business and things are black and white. But, um, you know, that's one of the things I try to convey when I'm out there. You know, a, a new shop that maybe is just getting going or an established one. Um, you know, we're starting to see some people that are making decisions to kind of break ties with some of the, you know, the big multinational companies and things like that, especially the ones that are coming to town and wanting to compete with you, but still sell you their cigars. Right. Um, Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, You know, we're probably going to be dealing with some of that in Tampa here pretty soon. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, uh, it's, it's coming, but uh, you know, for us, that's one of the biggest things that I think uh, Arturo Fuente and J.C. Newman has to offer is that, you know, we can do as much as, you know, someone's willing to want to do with us. And, you know, it's not just about sales. Right. Of course, that's, you know, you guys that own stores, well, you got to sell cigars. And, you know, obviously we want to sell them, too. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd, I'd like to think it can be just a little easier and more enjoyable. Right. You know, just true. working with good people. Very true. Yeah. You have to swallow away from the microphone. It is so loud. No, the I'm scared to touch the water bottle. I don't want Palmer on he me. He yelled at you like three times from the mic. It's I couldn't crazy. hear him. He was talking back here. You ready for your skit? You want to do the Okay. I don't want to do the skit. We don't have to. Then. No, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. You worked same hard deal. on it. Same. Whoops, upside down. Same deal as last time. Front, back, back. What okay. is this? What is what? Okay, so. I'll uh, face down. Give John his copy. Is this John's copy? That's John's copy. Don't look. Same thing. Uh, hey, you're playing, you're playing uh, Mikey, obviously. Okay. John's going to play the part of Greg. And don't I want to be clear to everybody that we, Mike and I, Mike no, one and I, the, have no idea what we're all. about to nobody do here. Yeah, we have. We, yeah. This, this is a uh, reenactment of the uh, the meeting yesterday when the video was completed, or I actually was Friday. Okay. Okay. 
So oh, so I'm not in on this. I'm just watching. No, no, no you're, you're Greg. You're, you're you get Greg. to play the role of Greg. I get to be Greg. You, yeah. you get to play the role of Greg. I need to go borrow the hat and the glasses and, yeah. well, and some of that your, nice jewelry. You can put your got. sunglasses yeah. on. I thought about bringing a hat. And down, you can but. be and you can be angry because he's angry. Yes, yes, you're very angry. He's not angry. He's focused. No, yeah, Greg. Okay. Not yeah, you're me. Greg. So you're angry all the time. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. The video is done. Want to watch it? How do I look? What did this cost me? You look great, Mike. Greg, not a penny. I love it. Seriously, did you did you get my good side? Yes, you're fine. Calm down. Yeah, pretend this is the screen, so this is where we're watching the video. I look fat. This really cost me nothing. <laughs> oh my god. It's your turn, Mikey. You made me look fat on purpose. What happened to my thing here? Where does this end? Oh wait, I fucked this up. Uh, more cold plunges. I need more cold plunges. Didn't cost you a dime, Greg. Mikey, calm down. <laughs> We'd even talk about my workout. Flexes together. <laughs> <laughs> this is too good. It had to cost something. Is it tax deductible? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I stay downstairs now. You mean this is why we make you stay downstairs now? <laughs> if I carry the one and do an ROI for 10 years, spreadsheet. Uh, so this is done now? Yeah, now you, now you go to that. Okay. You there made you me go. look fat on purpose. This is why we don't have meetings anymore. Okay. <laughs> You're so That's fucking. exactly how the meeting You went. are so stupid. When I tried to show the video to everybody together. Good day in the life, huh? Oh, Except Brittany, you, Brittany I mean, was there, too. But you, I, I mean, you forgot some shit, though. Because as, as soon as the video turned on, I fucking picked apart, like, five things that were <laughs> fucked up. I'm not bringing that up. And now they're, oh yeah, smooth. Now they're fixed, though. Yeah, well, you know. Pretty much, you can't see it anymore. You want to hit up Mr. Oliva with the, uh... You want to do the five questions, John? Five of them, huh? There's five questions. I lost count, yeah. All right, what's your favorite cigar? I get to pick two. (laughs) On the Arturo Fuente side, I mentioned earlier, it's the Casa Cuba. Just a phenomenal cigar with a great story, and uh, it's right up my alley. On the Newman side, I'd say previously it was a Diamond Crown Maximus. Um, it's an Ecuadorian sun-grown wrapper that my family provides uh, for the cigar. But I'm um, starting to take a liking to the Julius Caesar quite a bit, uh, especially the Corona size, which is the hardest one to get. We're usually back-ordered on it, but uh, I-, I like thinner ring-gauge cigars. All right. Well, which one that's you don't you represent? Pick, you pick two. Yeah, what's your favorite cigar that you don't represent? Be real honest here. I don't smoke anything that, that yeah, that's not from Fuente or Newman. Haven't in years. No With shit. a portfolio that large of those two companies. All right. I'll, plenty, I'll let you off the hook on that. We make a lot of great cigars, and uh, yeah. All right. Well, one that's, person, living or dead, would you like to PR, share? That's PR. Like, you know, I'll talk about other Stop interrupting me. Nah. Fuck you. <laughs> I think the only person who knew I was doing this was McKinney. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get briefed or anything yeah, like that. That's right? awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's the um, difference between a good company and a shit company. <laughs> you know? They give you the freedom to, to, to well, be you. What's his name down here? Yeah. <laughs> Can't even say his name. Yeah. Okay, well, one person living or dead we'd like to share a cigar with. You know, I listen a lot, so I've tried my best to think of this stuff, and I'm going to give a couple. Um... First, on the family side, I told everybody a story about my grandmother rolling cigars and my grandfather uh, working with tobacco his whole life. I would love on the family side to smoke a cigar that my grandmother rolled, you know, not rewrapped, but actually rolled from nothing for mm-hmm. me with tobacco that my grandfather handled and actually be able to sit and have a conversation with my grandfather in Spanish. Um, my parents divorced when I was pretty young, and I never got the chance to learn Spanish. I know I've heard you talk about that before, how that can be a challenge going down to some of these places. So mm-hmm. uh, one way or another, i got to fix that, maybe try to get another trip and maybe stay a while and be forced to start learning it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, um, never had a chance to smoke a cigar with my grandfather. He passed away you know, before I was really into him, and... Uh, it would just be great. You know, I remember going and, and visiting my grandfather with my dad, and they'd sit there in the kitchen and talk in Spanish, and my brother and I would go sit on the couch and watch TV. But to be able to sit there and do that and communicate with him in his native language would be great. And then, uh, you know, and I realize these are the same answers Mike McKinney gave last year, but um, I had an opportunity and did smoke cigars uh, with Stanford Newman for basically a whole day at one of those cigar heritage festivals that they do in Ebor every year. Uh, when he was still alive, he, he came out to the uh, event for the day and 
sat under the, v, the, the VIP tent that they always have out there. So got to hear a lot of cool stories from him. But uh, being inside the industry and working for the company, I think it'd be great to share some cigars with him and get his take on the industry. And, you know, that, that guy probably knew a few things. He was in it for a long time. Right. And then Carlos Fuente Sr., as I said earlier, uh, met him a few times, very brief conversations. One of them was to let him know that, you know, I was the grandson of a lady that worked for him at some point. But, uh, again, being inside the industry, being able to sit down with him uh, as an insider now and an employee of the company would just be great to smoke a cigar with him as well. Mm -hmm. It's kind of remarkable if you think about, like, the decisions that were made in the life of your whole family, and you still found your way back to the same industry, you know, with the same people. Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I believe in karma. Um, I'm not a big church goer, but, uh, you know, I, I do, you know, pray every morning, every night. Very thankful for the opportunity. Um, you know, also got to thank my man, Mike McKinney. Um, great friend for many, many years. Um, We're going to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Slip something else in there. Every time we said Mike McKinney, we uh, yeah. it out. But, um, you know, actually, uh, the way this whole thing came about with the job is he was on that treacherous panhandle trip, which you guys right. are on that. You Ugh. know, one way out, one way back. It's, it's, brutal. it's brutal. And and now I know why that, you know, Mike and I spent a lot of time on the phone. You know, we'd chat, you know, endlessly, especially when I had the opportunity on my end. And, uh, yeah, he reached out to me. He was driving up to the panhandle and obviously knew what was coming down the road for him. And... Uh, you know, he kind of just threw it at me. He goes, hey, have you ever, you're still thinking about getting out of that industry one day? And I said, yeah, I've run its course, done it all, you know, got all the awards, you know, and, you know, just, yeah, I'd love to do something different. And he was hinting around and ultimately just kind of flat out said it. And, um, you know, he had, he had to push me a bit. Right. You know, I, I got to say that uh, because of the relationship that I've had with both families, I'm sure a lot of people you would say, man, that's got to be the best thing you had going. Your family sells them tobacco. You know both families. You've been around forever. But, um, you know, uh, there's no one in this world that's harder on me than myself. It's just kind of how I'm wired. Right. And, um, you know, I just was very dismissive. I was like, man, they're, they're never going to do it. I'm too close, you know. Right. What if it doesn't work? You know, there's these relationships that go back, yeah, you know, 80 years or so. And, uh, but... Uh, but no, it ended up uh, working working out very very well. Awesome. Yeah. All right, best piece of advice anyone ever gave you. You know, we all get a lot of good advice in this life, and it's uh, you know I've thought about the questions. You know, obviously cheated a little bit, but um, you know I'm going to just kind of go back again to my work ethic and and what I've learned over the years, and you know getting out there as a pretty young guy and having to make my own way and and climb the ladder. You know. It's hard not to be cliche, um, you know, be good to people, you know, right. until they give you a reason not to be. Right. Um, and then just something of mine that I've adopted a long time ago that I try to share with people. If I, someone seems like they need a piece of advice or we're talking about life or something, um, I make it a point to learn something new every single day. Um, this job gives me a lot of opportunity for that, even with my previous cigar knowledge, but just even personally, you know, you're reading something, there's a word that you don't know, you know, look it up on Google, do something every day to just try to learn something. And then that kind of goes into, you know, part of, uh, you know, my morning and, and nightly prayer is just to be a little bit better person than you were the previous day. Awesome. Yeah. Day he learned it was a lot more fun to listen to this than to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been great, it's guys. And, and, and thank you both for inviting me on. Yeah, yeah of um, course, one, dude. One more question. We wanted to have uh, you on before, but we just, right, we just couldn't work it out with the timing. Right. Uh, what one fictitious person would you like to share a cigar with? Man, I thought about this one long and hard. You know, um, you know, probably keep it, you know, pretty pretty casual and, and and cool. Just probably be cool to smoke a cigar with Scarface. I think. That, yeah, that guy's got some comedic value, some good oh, one-liners, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know, you might not want to be around towards the end of that. Yeah, you that might not make it out of the meeting. Don't want to piss him off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, don't don't want to get shot at and go down like that. But uh, yeah, I think it'd be kind of an interesting, funny guy. You know, maybe the guys from the Goodfellas or something. You know, but uh, but they're they're, but they're real real people. <laughs> Those people <laughs> oh, that's exist. That's true. You, yeah, you can actually end up with those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that pretty much concludes it. it. Thank you so much for coming on, yes, dude. Thank you know, you, John, you're a great much. guy. We, uh, you know, we've had a, a short period of time, but 
together, you know, about a year, a little over a year, right? A little under a year. Okay. Uh, June 18th is going to be my year. But the, oh, that's my anniversary. But the relationship's nice. been great, man. We uh, we appreciate everything you do for the shop. And, you know, we, we recognize the fact that you're a hard worker and, you know, don't think that that doesn't go unacknowledged because we definitely appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, again, you've got a, not only a retail shop but a brand. And I, I hear your stories. You know what it's like out there on the road. Oh, yeah, it's fucking um, brutal. It sucks. You know, you you, you got to prove yourself to people. You know, nothing's given, <laughs> right. no matter who you know or, or anything like Never that. And, uh, you know, going behind someone who did it, you know, for basically 20 years, had great relationships that – you know, we're 20 years strong. Right. Um, you know, it's tough, but I appreciate that because I really do try to uh, hit on every cylinder, dot every I, cross every T, and uh, it's not always easy. Um, you know, the phone's always ringing, and, you know, when you have good cigars that everyone wants, you're, you're never telling anybody what they want to hear. Right. But, um, you know, again, my, my big thing is just... Yeah, I appreciate, you know, people like you. Your brother's, you know, fantastic. And, you know, John in the shop, everyone's oh, cool. Greg's okay. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Palmer. Right. Got, Greg's a good guy. Just maybe a little misunderstood. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it, I appreciate it. It's, it's nice to know that uh, it's recognized when someone's trying hard. Absolutely. All right. Tell Mike we said hi. Next time you talk to him, we miss him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wants a debrief tonight. So, uh, you know, I don't think you guys should let him go on this video thing. I mean, maybe I'll drag him out. Drag him out here. We'll put him on. Nice. Could have had him call in. I could have hooked up the phone. Could have had the call in. The first call in? Yeah, we can do call ins now. I thought you guys were against that. I am against it. He's against it. That doesn't mean it won't happen. It's another technical thing to, you know, potentially fuck up. Right. Yeah. Uh, You can't even get the fucking camera right yet. (laughs) It's only the second time. You want people to call in. I'm going to put in a commercial. All right. Hey, I, I got to know, what's the scoreboard? How far do we get? You're over an hour. You're over an hour. An hour five. Really? Yeah. But in, vi- done. in video, you're only 21 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably for everybody's benefit. <laughs> Thanks, All right. guys. All right, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Hello. This is a prepaid collect call from the Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, thank you for using T-Netics. This has been the Cigar Hustlers Podcast, a Mike and Mike production. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. for all new episodes with some of the biggest names in the cigar industry. You can follow the guys on Instagram at Cigar Hustler for Mikey and FCC underscore Mike for Mike 2. You can also follow the show on Instagram at a Cigar Hustler Podcast and on the Facebook page and the all-new YouTube channel. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on whichever podcast provider you choose. Thanks for listening.